Welcome to the Ramp Church Podcast. We are so honoured that you've joined us today and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website, ramp.church forward slash mcr or find us on social media. Now let's head straight into this week's message. to be in the house of the Lord with the presence of God with us. I just feel like I um, I feel like the Lord is just celebrating people's lives in this room tonight. I do. I feel like I'm, I'm looking at different ones of you and I just feel like there's a party over your life. There's a celebration over your service to God and what you are saying yes to and committing your life to him. And, and I feel like the enemy has literally tried to rob the joy of your existence, but that heaven is rejoicing over you and that father wants you to rejoice over you. He sees all the shortcomings. He sees the bits that are still in process. He, st- he sees all the bits that are still being sanctified. But I love how it says it in, in 1 Corinthians 13, it's describing love. And he says that love never gives up. It always holds on to hope. And I just feel like somebody in here, you may need to just Reach up and get a little bit of celebration over your life. Your life is good. Your existence here on earth is something that the Father is happy about. Your contribution to the kingdom is something he's not ashamed of. He's happy about that. And I thank you, Lord, that you are celebrating over these people tonight. You see, Lord, their life poured out like a drink offering. Their faithful service to you is an offering. And that you're rejoicing in that. And we rejoice in the lives that you have given us. We pick up the joy of the life you have given us. And we thank you, Lord, that we've been sent here for such a time as this. And that our contribution is something worth celebrating. That our offering, our service, our sacrifice, that, Lord, it's part of this bigger picture that you are weaving together. And, Lord, with joy, we are grateful that we can partner with that. In Jesus' name, amen. You know that song uh, that we sing sometimes here about, let joy be your weapon. I feel like that's for you tonight. Somebody, you just need to get happy about your life. Get happy about your life, your marriage, your kids, your job. The enemy would love for you to hate everything about your life. He would love for you to despise the inheritance like Esau and then trade it for a bowl of porridge because you despised what God had given you. Then you will settle for far less than what he gave you. But rejoice in the life that you have. Nobody's life is perfect. Should I just tell you all that's going wrong so that you'll feel maybe a little bit happy? About it? I mean, we could all just share. Nobody here is exempt from suffering, right? But you have things to rejoice in. And your life is worth rejoicing about. And sure, you're still being sanctified and I'm still being sanctified and we're all kind of hitting up against each other in community. But we, we can be awake and we can be happy about it. Come on, we can be awake and we can be filled with purpose and we can be happy about it. You know what it's like to be awake and be cranky, right? And how many of you, how many of you would agree? And I'm not getting hard, I'm fingers pointing at me, right? It's one thing to be the awakened church, and it's another thing to be the awakened church that's happy about being awake. 
And I feel like sometimes we are stuck in this teenage mode of awakeness where it's like, we're awake, but don't talk to me. And I'm awake to God, but don't get near me until I'm ready for you. But we can actually be awake and be filled with the joy that God has given us in this purpose here and now. We can find God. Remember what I taught. Remember what we were teaching Ramp Kids a long time ago about God sightings? It's like the ability to see God moving in really difficult circumstances. You can sight God. And I want you, Ramp Church, to be an expert to be like very skilled at citing the goodness of God in crazy difficult circumstances. To by faith see God is working. How do I know it? Well, I'm here. I'm breathing. How do I know it? Well, because he's not done yet. Sometimes that's the best news, right? Sometimes that's the only news you've got is you've got, well, it's, this, is, this is my statement of faith. God's not finished yet. God's not done yet. All hell is breaking loose, but God's not done yet. Story's not over yet. Fat woman hasn't sang yet. It's not over yet. Remember? Ain't over till the fat lady sings. Well, it's not over yet. God's still writing his story for your life. And sometimes you just need to, you need to be able to laugh at, first of all, taking yourself so seriously. And thinking, and thinking that the way the world is on our shoulders is such, and I, I'm guilty, 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 thinking that everything actually hinges on you. And, and just lighten up a little bit. This is, come on, this is what, if there's one word that my mother has told me more than any other advice my mother has ever given me, do you want it? Do you want every, I promise you probably every time I have called my mom in some form or fashion, this is the advice she gives me. Stacy, relax. <laughs> relax. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And, and you need to be able to just tonight, just relax. Your life's not over yet. Relax. God is celebrating you in the midst of the battle. He's celebrating you. When we were singing that song about, I'm going to see a vic- victory. I was reminded, you know, of the story where, um, Israel is out in First Chronicles 20, or is it Second Chronicles 20, and Jehoshaphat's fighting, and he brings them all together. And then they wait on the Lord, and the Lord speaks. And I was just thinking, though, as, we were, as I was recalling that story, I wonder if there were any Israelites who just stayed in their tents and didn't come when Jehoshaphat summoned all of Israel to fast and pray. Because it caused the women and the children and all of Israel to come and to fast and pray. And they stand there. And then remember, the prophet gives the word of the Lord. And they get the strategy. And then they go out and they see the victory. And I felt the Lord saying to somebody in here, if you want to see the victory, you need to show up to the battle. You need to show up. If you want to see the victory in your life, Start showing up for your life. What do I mean by that? I mean, look at your life in the face and say, this is good and I'm here for this. When there is no victory where there isn't a battle. Come up to the challenge and face the challenges with just showing up there fully present. Lord, here I am in the midst of this chaos, but I'm here and I'm ready to watch you win. Instead of disengaging in apathy, disengaging in hopelessness, refusing to talk about it, refusing to pray about it, refusing to think about it, living in denial. If you want the victory, if you want to see it, 
You don't have to even achieve it. But if you want to see, don't you want to be like the Israelites where you just show up and you get to watch God do it? I just declare you're going to show up. In Hebrews 11, it says they were made strong in battle. In the battle, not before the battle. They were made strong in battle. And some of you, you, you've got to be able to see this battle. That Maybe it's the battle with the finances or the diagnosis or the children or the husband or the wife or whatever. Or, or the battle with hopelessness, battle with depression, battle, whatever the battle is. It can make you stronger. Just keep showing up for it. Just keep showing up in faith. And you'll see the victory. Hallelujah. And I also just felt as well that the Lord is saying to somebody, as we were singing to him about heaven coming, I, so, I just so sensed the Lord wanting somebody to know that he's pursuing you. And sometimes we come to church, right? And we're here to pursue God. And we are here to pursue God, to learn more about his word. We create an atmosphere where we can hear the word of God, where we can respond to the word of God and lean into his heart. But how mind-blowing is it that God's on pursuit tonight? In Chronicles 16:9, it says his eyes are looking throughout the whole earth for the heart that's fully committed to him so he can strengthen your heart. In this place, God looking for your hearts, the hearts that are fully committed to strengthen your heart. And we just receive that strength, Lord. Come on, if you need strength, then you just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and receive the strength of the Lord. Lord, we do receive your strength. We thank you, God, that you are here in pursuit of us. This is the greatest mystery. The one that leaves us speechless. God in pursuit. Even those of you who are watching online... Maybe you're, maybe you're not well. Maybe you can't even open your eyes. Maybe what I just really sense God's looking for you. Come on. He's not looking just for the strong. He's looking for the weak. He's looking. He's pursuing those whose just hearts are there engaged with him. You can receive strength. Lift up your hands right now. Maybe even in your, in your house or maybe you're driving in the car somewhere with your kids. And I just thank you, Lord, that your spirit is there to release strength, to release strength strengthen your people. And Edith released a powerful word in pre-service prayer. Edith, you wouldn't want to share that, would you? Edith doesn't want to share it. Edith, Edith, will you please share the word? (laughs) Come on up here, Edith. Are you guys okay? Is this just, let's just let Edith, she shared this word in prayer and it was really powerful. How many of you love this woman? Okay, if, you, if you're watching online, now's the time to listen. Now's the time to turn it up and lean in because this woman is a woman of God and she is an intercessor and she's a prophet and she's over our, um, works with Susanna with our women's outreach and our outreach and she's faithful. And when she shared this word, I thought, okay, well, if anything else needs to be said, it's definitely that and scratch everything else. So go ahead, Edith. I'm really nervous. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this at all. Amen. Um, so yeah, I've just been praying this through this week and um, I've just been hearing a word about strength and might. Strength and might. And then this morning, the Holy Spirit gave me this scripture and it's in Isaiah 40. 
And it reads, he gives power to the faint and the weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. To him who has no might at all, he will increase strength. And then it says in the verse 30, it says, even youths, even young people, See, I'm an older person. I won't tell you my age, but I'm an older person. But he says, even the young people shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall feebly stumble. But those that wait upon the Lord, they, he shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint and the Lord was just saying to me that we're in the season now where he is giving strength to the weary to those who feel like giving up to those who feel like Lord I've been waiting for a long time for this answer to come and it's just not coming for those who are on the verge of giving up their faith he says he gives strength to the weary No matter how long you've been waiting and no matter how long you've been in the Lord, you could have been in the Lord for decades or you could have been in the Lord since yesterday. But he says he will give you strength. He will increase your might. He says, don't give up. It's not over until he says it's over. So don't give up, saints. We have to run our race. We have to fight the good fight. It doesn't matter what the enemy is throwing your way. I've gone through tremendous trauma in the last few weeks, in the last few years even. But God has strengthened my might in him. He's caused me to rise up. He says, saints, rise up with wings like an eagle. Rise up. You will run and not be weary and you will walk and not faint. So be encouraged, saints. Be encouraged. Amen. Oh, thank you, Edith. Thank you so much. And we just agree with that word, right? We agree with it. Even youth stumble in exhaustion, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. Just see yourself right now, just mounting up above the atmosphere at work, above the atmosphere, above, above what, what the, the enemy would want to weigh you down with. And where are you going? You're up there with Christ in the heavenly realm. You're seated there with him. You're seated there in Christ at the right hand of God. You're seated there in his victory. You're there in him, in his authority. You're there in his perfect peace. You're there on the other side of eternity. You're there declaring with him the end from the beginning. You're there reigning with him, triumphing over his enemies. Oh, we just agree with that. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for strength. We thank you for strength. I hear the Lord reminding me of a verse in First Thessalonians that says, where Paul's praying and he says, um, I remember your labor of love and the works that you produced from faith. And then he says this one phrase in 1 Thessalonians 1.3. We remember your labor of love, the works from your faith. And then he says your endurance inspired by hope. Your endurance inspired by hope. What do you do sometimes when you feel like your endurance is just not there? 
you know what I've done? I've tried to like mind trick in myself. Okay, more endurance, more endurance, more endurance. Go, go, go. You can do it. And that doesn't always work. Does that work for you? It doesn't always work for me. But how do I build my endurance is I strengthen my hope. Because my hope is linked to my endurance. So if you know that the weekend's coming, right? How many of you could probably bet on that in your work environment, everybody's moods are a little bit up on a Friday, right? Because hope is around the corner. Saturday is coming, right? How many of you parents know when a date night's coming? You can tolerate hell and high water because date night is coming, right? A little bit of hope helps you endure. A little bit of hope. Vacation is coming. Bring it on, bring it on, because two weeks' time, I don't care. (laughs) A little bit of hope strengthens your endurance. And when you feel like your strength is faltering, you need to anchor yourself in that hope that Christ gives. When you read Paul's epistles to the early church, all the persecution that they endured, how does he keep pulling them through all of that? How does he, how does he motivate people that he, he's not, even, he's not even providing these glorious in-person events for them. He is in a prison writing to them on parchment. They don't even get it personally. It's read to them by somebody else. How does he keep that hope alive? It's that, that ability to endure. It's that hope in Christ coming. Oh, this morning, this is, I'm just going to keep going with this. Earlier when I was message prepping earlier this week, just leaning in here, you know, writing down what I hear for the Lord, for you guys and for us. And I have here circled, why? And Joe's like, I was telling Joe, I was like, Joe, honestly, I'm just like, why the heck am I doing this? What are we doing? What's the point? Is it working? How many of you have ever just felt a little bit discouraged? Yeah, and you're like, what's the point? Why? I'm not afraid of that question. I'm not afraid of telling you that question. Everybody has these moments where they need a little bit of a revival in their hearts. And so I was asking the Lord, I was like, okay, Lord, bring me back. Why? And as soon as I was asking why, I just had this hope rise up in my heart. And you know what it was? It's because Jesus is coming. And I want to make sure that you're ready. I want to make sure that I'm ready. I want to make sure this city is ready. Why, why, why endure Paul in prison, early church being persecuted and scattered? Why? Because all of this leads to something else. All of this temporary leads us somewhere eternal. And all this suffering is soon going to make way for glory. Oh, this is the hope of our high calling. This hope that we have in Christ. This ability to see. In fact, I'm just going to encourage you right now. Just go to Hebrews 12. Okay, I want to talk to you about looking forward with hope. I was going to share a little something else, but I want to just stay here for a bit longer. So get your word out. You know, the word of God is powerful. And so when we are in the presence of the word of God and we lean into the word of God, it has power to sanctify us. In John 17, he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. 
So when you position yourself to hear the word, it's actually calling you out from the world. It's setting you apart. It's working as you listen. Hebrews 11. Let me find this. Say, look forward with hope. Hallelujah. Actually, let's go to Hebrews 10. And I'll start there. I'm just going to read some passages that have been ministering to me. Oh, just stop right there and just close your eyes and just see. Just imagine. I know you can't see perfectly. Just imagine Jesus there on his throne. Just imagine that one day you're going to stand there before him. For eternity, you're going to know him perfectly. Just imagine that in that moment, that moment where Jesus' glory is so great, it says the earth and the sky flee from his presence, find no place to hide. This glory, you're going to be able to actually share in that glory and experience that glory and be with him where he is. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Say, look forward with hope. Listen, let's Hebrews 10, verse 32. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Some of you are in that moment right now. You're starting out with Jesus. And it's hard. And there's suffering. And no, it may not be the suffering of the persecuted church in Iran, but it's your suffering. And it matters to God. And you're suffering because the things of this world, you're having to lay down different things and you've got opposition from the enemy and you've got your flesh within opposing you. And and there's, there's things that you're battling and those battles are causing you to suffer. But this phrase is what I'm going to give to you, those of you who are new in Christ. You remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. And then listen to this church that this author is writing to. Sometimes you were exposed to ridicule and were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Say better things waiting for me. That will last forever. Oh, better things waiting for me that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Come on, what's Christianity in one word? What is it? Trust. Christianity in one word. It's trusting Jesus for salvation. It's trusting him for deliverance. It's taking my trust out of worldly wealth. It's taking trust out of career, trust out of education, trust out of the self-made man, self, uh, trust out of the American dream. It's putting full trust in Jesus, utterly trusting him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember, say remember, the great reward it brings you. Say reward. Oh, come on. Don't be sheepish. You know, you, you, God has hardwired us for this reward he's prepared us for. Don't be like, oh, I don't need a reward. You were wired for reward. He is your reward. 
And it's okay for you to long for that reward. How many times does Jesus, Jesus himself, the joy set before him was able to endure the cross? That's fine. We'll just leave that. Reward. You're not too good, too high and holy that you don't want reward. Okay? Remember the reward that it will bring you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Say continue to do God's will. Oh, that's a hard one, isn't it? Anybody can start doing God's will. (laughs) But continuing to do God's will. Continue to do God's will. Okay, in in Hebrews 11. I'm sorry, in verse 10. Uh, Chapter 10, verse 37. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Just shout that out. We are the faithful ones. Oh, thank you, Lord, that your spirit in us enables us to be faithful. Remember before Holy Spirit, we had Israel trying to be faithful and that never worked out. But now we have Holy Spirit in us, enabling us to be faithful to Jesus. And I want us, Ramp Church, first I want to say this. If there's nothing in you, if your life is so peachy and so perfect that you don't have a reason to hope that you're not having to hope, that you're not having to think real long distance about the reward and the coming of Christ, then I want to challenge you. You may be living a little too comfy cozy up in your Christianity. Hope is absolutely a part of the foundation of our faith. That calling, that calling that God has placed in our hearts to him, to eternity, to the full measure of his kingdom manifesting. And we should be living such lives such are lives. I'm not saying you have to, you don't have to make anything. I'm just talking about your life of obedience. Your life of obedience should make you hungry for that hope. You should be believing such radical promises. Your life should be looking so different that there's something about eternity that you cannot wait. There should be suffering in your life. We should share in the sufferings of Christ. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, that's hard, isn't it? I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Take up your cross and follow me. That I, Paul in Philippians, that I can partake of the suffering of Christ and know and share in the power of his resurrection. I'm not saying you have to make suffering happen. Oh, it'll happen. Just obey God. Just walk in obedience to his word. Just walk in obedience and follow Jesus. Listen to a few of these. I'm just going to highlight real quick a couple of these phrases that have been so speaking to me in Hebrews 11. Oh, thank you, Lord. First, I want to go down to um, verse 8. Hebrews 11, verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Say it. He went without knowing where he was going. Uh, Are you guys awake? Lord, help me. Give give the sister a little amen or something. (laughs) 
God calls him and he doesn't know where he's going. God never gives us all the details before we step out of faith. And he doesn't give us all the provision either. It's decision to follow him and then provision farther, 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 farther down the road. It's decision to follow him and it's details, details, details on the other side of eternity. You can finally see all the details. He set out to follow God and he didn't even know all where he was going. And then listen to this in verse nine. When he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. He lived in the promised land by faith. Come on, the promised land is not about you kicking back and not having to exercise faith. You live in the promises of God by faith. You engage your faith always with God. He lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And then in verse 10 it says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Looking forward. What are you looking forward to? That's another thing my mom asks me sometimes. What are you looking forward to? You've got to have something to look forward to. You need something to look forward to. You need to stir up that hope of what you're looking forward to. I would, I would encourage you to make it a, a discipline, a regular rhythm of your life to meditate on that moment when you're going to come to Christ and step through eternity. When you're going to journey right to the other side. I would encourage you to read and discover these, what, what the word of God has for you in eternity. What he has for you now, yes, but we talk about that all the time. What is that hope that's calling you? What are you looking forward to? It was by faith that Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. Believed that God would keep his promise. And verse 13. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. There's a verse in Luke 18 where it's talking about the persistent widow who's crying out day and night for the justice of God. Okay, so let me just pause right there on that phrase. And these people died still believing what God had promised. They died in faith. They lived there by faith, and then they died still believing. In Luke 18, Jesus tells them this parable so that they'll never... They'll never uh, stop praying and stop believing. He closes the whole account within verse 8 of Luke 18. He says, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? And sometimes with with God, I just think, Lord, I'm just going to believe. I'm going to keep in faith about it. And you've got to almost hone in on that, about staying in faith. And stop, stop getting focused on the outcome. Just stay there in faith, believing God. Believing that he's going to do what he said. This side of eternity or that side of eternity, God's going to do. But when you come and find me, Lord, just find me still believing. When you return, Lord, don't find me in hopelessness. I pray you don't find me in despair. I hope you don't find me apathetic and in denial. I want you finding me in faith. Find me in faith. And some of you in your own crisis, in the work situation, the financial, and you're going to, you, sometimes you just have to say, Lord, I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but I know you can find me here in faith. I believed in you. I believed in your promises. I believed what you said about my children. I believed what you said about my soul. I believed what you said about my life. I believe, Lord, what you have said, and you'll find me here in faith. So these people died still believing the promise. 
They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called, uh, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. When it says that phrase, oh, this is a convicting phrase, isn't it? If they had longed for the country they came from, they would have gone back. In that, I hear in Matthew 24, where Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. Do you remember, have you read that passage? You know, Lot's wife was the one who looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah and she was turned to um, a pillar of salt. And then Jesus later on says, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And then when he's talking about his second coming, he says, remember Lot's wife. He says, don't look back, longing for Egypt, look forward, moving towards the promised land. Keep looking forward, keep moving forward. Where you look is where you go, it's where your desires are. They could have gone back, but they kept going forward. They were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. I just, I want to be here on earth. Do you ever just picture yourself like, Lord, I want to be one of those foreigners and those nomads that are following you by faith. I want, I want to be found in faith, believing your promises, following you, even though I don't know where I'm going. If I were to look back on my faith, I don't want to see... I don't want to see a settler. I don't want to see somebody who, you know, you know the difference. I mean, practically, maybe we should just go here, but you guys know the difference, right, between people who are passing through and people who are setting up camp. And the difference is they just travel light. They're not tied down. When I'm going camping, you know, so what if the camping clothes get messed up? What if it's just like, it's just a camping trip, right? It's all temporary. You've got this temporary mindset. It matters. You're grateful for it. You're taking it in. You're living life. But this, this, this mindset of this is not home, this mindset, this is not home, but heaven is calling. Jesus is calling. And Ramp Church, I know it's been challenging. The past 18 months, you guys have endured a lot. You've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. It's been hard. I don't think it'll get easier. I don't. But I think you will get stronger, and I'll get stronger, and our faith will grow, and we'll be made strong in battle, and we'll see victories, and that'll build our confidence. But I want to, I want us as a community to be a people where God looks down and He sees faith, and He sees this endurance, because we're, we have this hope of calling knowing that we're going to step through the other side and see him.